0: light of infinite my kedusha holiness is greater than yours the maggot of meserich people always tell me it's so la to talk about energies and vibes but i think perhaps it's just more openly discussed here in truth we all feel and are connected by both that's why it's so important to be mindful of the company we keep i often place myself in what i call sacred spaces or spiritual environments because when people are there to reach higher levels of being it means the base level of what's expected is generally pretty elevated I often go to the spaces that one rabbi in particular will be at, and people ask if I'm a chassid of his. I'm not, but I find it inspiring to be in the presence of both this rebbe and the people that do follow him. I try to catch mishmar, which all over the world tends to be a Thursday night tradition for enrichment and spiritual growth. Mishmar in Hebrew means guard. It's named mishmar because similar to a military rotation of a watch, a community encourages people and often appoints a leader or speaker to keep the spiritual life going. The last one I attended was at this beautiful and very artful LA-style house of Yitzi Katz. David Sack spoke, and I don't believe I have ever heard him speaking without being completely blown away by his stories, his fresh perspective, and his delivery. He's always sure to not go even one minute over, and so we went from the outside area into the dining room, all crowded, feeling as if we were in Jerusalem or Bnei packed in as tight as can be so that we can be close to the Rebbe. But in this case, it was in order to be close to creating holiness. Just then, one of the guys began singing in Nigun, a Hasidic devotional melody, and everyone joined in. It's as if we were all melding into one, and our individual worries began to wash away. We then got more lively and the energy elevated. I remember just then I turned to my friend Shua and said, this is dope, this is what I need right now. And he replied, this is why I come every time. It grounds me during the week. Singing in this space reminds me that everything I'm worried about is small and will be fine. And this connects me to what matters and it reminds me of why we're alive. I felt the holiness of each one of us raising each other up. Kedoshim, holy ones, is my Bar Mitzvah parasha. I always considered myself lucky because it was a short one and I had to memorize the trope to get all the notes and nuances correct. So with it being slightly less of a daunting task because of its length, I was able to sing it to everyone present without any mistakes. The Barbanel teaches that the parasha of Kedoshim, the Torah portion, repeats all the mitzvot mentioned previously to stress that they are meant to be practiced in an atmosphere of Kedusha, of holiness, and not ever to be practiced mindlessly as a habit. We demonstrate this when we perform the mitzvah saying, Asher Kedushanu mitzvotav," who has made us holy with his mitzvot. We proclaim the mitzvot are the basis of Kedusha, of holiness. And as our sages say, whoever sanctifies himself from below is sanctified from above. The recurring theme of all the divars that I write and these podcasts is how to bring in more blessings into our lives. It started with my project, Don't Block Your Blessings, and now looking at the weekly Torah readings and Kabbalah with this project, Light of Infinite. I'm hoping these words inspire you to delve deeper into the Torah and the Kabbalistic text. And as Chaim Vital says, one can go deeper and deeper as far as the human mind can delve, and it will always yield new treasures. As I often say, life can be so precious if you are truly present. And the Torah is the present that presents the tools of how to sanctify time space, and oneself. When we have full faith that this world is like a corridor to the world to come, we could tap into our purpose in our spirit and worry less about the temporal realities of this material world. Avram Joshua Heschel writes, In man's search of God, religion begins with a consciousness that something is asked of us. It is in that tense, eternal asking, in which the soul is caught and in which man's answer is elicited. This, in a sense was what Munbaz, a righteous king who lived at the end of the second Beit HaMikdash holy temple era, meant when he answered his detractors stating, My ancestors stored for this world, but I stored for the world to come. King Munbaz was a convert, the son of Queen Helene. During a famine, Munbaz opened the royal treasures and dispersed the riches to the poor. His family, angry at their loss of wealth, united against him. How can you do this? Your ancestors gathered and saved treasures only ever adding to them, and you squandered it all. He explains that they stored money and he stored souls. They stored the riches only for themselves while he shared the riches with the poor and united souls, the ultimate in Avat israel, love of one another and Israel. And in an attempt to explain in a way that they might understand, he said he was storing the ultimate reward, the reward in the world to come. Albert Einstein was quoted in Life Magazine in conversation with William Miller sharing, the important thing is to not stop questioning. Curiosity has its own reason for existing. One cannot help but be in awe when contemplating the mysteries of eternity, of life, of the marvelous structure of reality. It is enough if one tries merely to comprehend a little of the mystery every day. The important thing is to not stop questioning. Never lose a holy curiosity. The parasha opens commanding us to be holy. Kiddushim to you, be holy because I, God, your Lord, am holy, implying that we should always seek greater levels of Kiddushah, of holiness. You can also interpret the Hebrew words Kedushim to you as a divine assurance that we will attain Kedushah. If we sanctify Hashem's name, as we learn in Pirkei Avot, one who honors Torah will be honored. And as we read further in the Parashah in this week's Torah portion, observe my Sabbath and fear my sanctuary. I am God. Rob Natan of Breslov teaches that the main tool a person can use to subdue materialism and elevate their spirituality is awe and fear of Hashem. Explaining that fear my sanctuary means that if one has fear, they can experience my temple, for they have ascended above materialism. When the Magad said, my Kedusha, my holiness is greater than yours, he wasn't saying, I'm holier than you. Rather, my Kedusha, my holiness stems from yours. This connects to a fundamental Torah concept. Mitzvah Goya mitzvah. Mitzvah brings or begets another one, which means that one good deed always pulls another in its wake. The Magad takes this idea into the realm of kedusha. If someone else does a holy act, it inspires you to be holier, for yourself and for others, and so your holiness increases beyond the initial act. So the Magad is saying that your kedusha makes his kedusha greater because each of us has the power to make others holier. And as Avram Joshua Heschel reminds us, every moment is an opportunity for greatness. One cheat code? To heaven is that of the mitzvot, and teaching Torah to others. The Lubavitcher Rebbe teaches that by bringing another closer to the Torah, one becomes their teacher, and the disciple will argue in Olam Habat, the world to come, I cannot be here without my master. And so, the one who shared Torah will immediately be placed in Gan Eden, in the Garden of Eden. Rashi points out that this parasha must be read in public assembly, because the holiness of the Torah has no place in isolation. The fundamental purpose of Torah is to teach us to love our fellow humans and bring them closer to Kidusha to holiness. And the Midrash says, If you make yourself holy, I will consider it as if you made me holy. If we limit our pursuits to nature, Hashem acts naturally towards us. If we raise ourselves above nature, Hashem's dealing with us are supernatural. But faced with the daunting task of making ourselves and even Hashem holy, the Ohav Yisrael teaches that one might say, how can we attain that level since our lusts control our desires? How is it possible that when one engages in physical pleasures, he adds to the dimension of perisha, of separateness, and kedushah, of holiness? It is for this reason that the Torah states this week, For I, Hashem, your God, am holy. Just as Hashem, God, fills all the worlds and beyond, but is separate from it, we too must exist in this world, interface with physicality and humanity without becoming engulfed by it. We are made in Hashem's image, so our purpose is to try to emulate His holy presence in the world and His holy transcendence of it. The Chatam Sofer points out the two distinct names of Hashem used in this phrase. Ki Kadosh Ani Hashem Elokecha Comes to teach us two different ways God relates to the world and that we can relate to God. The first Hashem is the name that is totally beyond our comprehension. But it's followed by Elokechem, literally our gods, which implies the special and intimate relationship between us and the infinite one. Even the preceding words, Kadosh Ani, I am holy, implies this dual relationship, while Kadosh implies separation from this world. The preceding word Ani is there to imply Hashem's personal closeness to us. So being made in Hashem's image, we must separate ourselves from the world in ways abstaining from certain materialism, but also make ourselves close to the world, elevating the mundane, spiritualizing the reality. Hashem called to Moshe from the mountain saying, If you hearken well to me and observe my covenant, You shall be to me the most beloved treasure of all peoples, for mine is the entire world. You shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you shall speak to the children of Israel. Our task is to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. The priestly function is manifested through being Kadosh, fulfilling the mitzvot, the commandments in our private lives, and so bringing God consciousness and holiness to the world. We bring Hashem to the world and the world closer to Hashem. The prophet Isaiah termed the priestly function as a light to the nations, which is to sanctify oneself and uplift those around you, not to separate and isolate. The Rebbe points out in Proverbs, the soul of man is a lamp of God, teaching that just like a flame of the lamp strains upwards, seeking to tear free of the wick and rise heavenwards, so too does the godly soul in each of us constantly strive to tear free of the body and material existence and be nullified within its source in God. As the Ramchal stresses in Misilat Yesharim, even when one engages in the physical activities required by the body, the soul must not deviate from its elevated intimacy. As it is stated, my soul clings to you, your right arm sustains me. If one sanctifies himself with the holiness of his creator, even his physical actions come to partake of holiness. The Khatam Sofer points out towards Avram Avinu, Abraham, our forefather, as a role model in this regard, that despite his exalted status, He not only invited in his contemporaries, he had a great impact on them. And it was because of this aspect of Kiddusha being concerned about the spiritual welfare of others that he was elevated and was a manifestation of Kiddushim to you. As the famous dictum goes, who is wise? The person who learns from everyone. This means that everyone has something that another person can learn from. And so everyone is a rich person, in this regard by virtue of their unique quality. And as it's written in the Kutei Sikhot, It follows then that everyone is obligated to use their unique quality and talent to benefit others who do not possess it, and from this, that person will be blessed from above and those things which they may not possess. As we know from the first time blessings were written in the Torah, it stated, those who bless shall be blessed. It's even more important to follow this path because the converse is also true. As it's stated explicitly in the Gemara, when failing to benefit another, there will be a lack in blessings and help from above the Talmud concludes stating that the rich themselves may become poor. The Lubavitch Rebbe relates the Torah without Avat Yisrael will cease in the end, relating a story of Rav Levi Yitzchak of Berdichev's hearing three teachings from the Baal Shem Tov. One of them pertained exactly to this. The Baal Shem Tov stresses that all Torah that is not combined with work will ultimately cease. The term work refers to effort in Avat Yisrael. Essentially, if the Torah is to continue to endure, it must be combined with effort in Avat Yisrael. The lesson had such a profound impact on Rabbi Levi Yitzchak that all his life was devoted to efforts on behalf of Avat Israel. The great Rabbi Akiva taught that the fundamental principle of the Torah is the commandment with which we read this week, to love your neighbor as yourself. Many ask if that is possible, when our default is selfishness and making sure first and foremost that we are taken care of. The Baal Shem Tov expands on Rabbi Akiva's lesson that though we are aware of our many faults. We still look out for and love ourselves, and we need to do the same for those around us despite their faults. This is why these commandments to be holy were given in public assembly, as my holiness is your holiness, and vice versa. We need to uplift and elevate, and that can only be done when leading with love of the neighbor as yourself. If we look at the mitzvot, commandments connected to childbirth and sex, and compare them to other traditions then we see the differences are significant. In some other religions, the clergy, the holiest practitioners of those religions, have to remain unmarried in order to avoid any sexual thought or behavior. Holiness is synonymous with abstentation. In Judaism, sex is considered one of the most holy acts we can partake in, as it's in this way which we can become partners with Hashem, with the creator. Just as we were meant to live in this world in all other ways with holy intention, we are tasked with having sex with holy intention and in a way of holiness so as to elevate something that has the potential of great darkness into infinite light. As Rabbi Moshe Wisniewski writes in the preface in his translation of Arizal's Divrei Torah, we see in these teachings the awesome power of the misuse of sexual energy, as well as the sublime heights to which holy sexuality can lift us. Yes, it is easier to follow the extreme of total denial or the extreme of total indulgence. It's far more challenging to take the middle path and fuse intense physicality and intense spirituality. But the rewards of taking the latter path are far greater, and it's really the only way to navigate the pitfalls endemic to the extremes. God has programmed us with both a strong sexual drive and a strong spiritual drive, and ignoring one at the expense of the other is a simple recipe for disaster. Darizal explains that this is all part of Adam and Eve's primordial sin, and the constant battle we are forced into as humanity, always torn between opposing physical and spiritual inclinations. The more we act in a way of holiness, the more our spiritual inclinations connect us to Hashem. Through our partnership with Hashem, choosing right over wrong, elevation over desecration, we grow spiritually, and then the spiritual everlasting rewards come. As we covered a few weeks ago, the Zohar compares man to animals in regards to the korban, deducing from the verse, And the eighth day, the skin of the orla should be circumcised, being amid the verse that deal with tuma, impurity, and tara, purity, of the woman giving birth. What we see in these readings, in both proximity and importance, is a sanctification of time, Shabbat, of man, Brit Milah, and of place, the Korban. Hashem is Kadosh, as it says, for I am Kadosh. We, on the other hand, have the constant struggle to attain Kedushah of holiness. All of this comes to teach us how to free ourselves from that which is not holy and to take actions towards holiness, freedom, spirituality, and oneness. But all this can't be done in isolation. It must be done by inspiring each other being lights for each other, and by virtue of that, ourselves. Rabbi Shlomo Gansfried points out something very interesting, that the command to respect one's mother and father immediately follows the command to live a life of Kedushah. This juxtaposition of the verses comes to teach the sanctity and holiness of the act of creating life and of life itself. Because if life were to come from lust and not holiness, the child would have no reason to respect the parent. But when a child is born out of holy impulse and the desire to emulate Hashem, the desire to give love and honor, then the respect of the child to the parent, and the parent to the child is present. The Sfat Emet's interpretation of the Talmud line, his interior matched his exterior, is that a man's children are testimonies to his inner essence. The mitzvot are our cheat codes to holiness. When we choose to be Shomer Habri, careful of our covenant, we are choosing to live beyond our animalistic nature, to act in accordance with our infinite selves, our souls. All of nature can be used for darkness or for light. If we learn anything from Stan Lee and his Spider-Man comics, and I think we learned a lot, it's that with great power comes great responsibility. We have the power, we have the potential, we even have the cheat codes. It's only if we use them and tap into the infinite part of ourselves that we become supernatural. Dive in deeper at lightofinfinite.com.